This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye baseball. Eight strikeout for the King tonight and make it... 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Seattle. called on the outside corner, and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Well, this is getting to be a very fun trend as the Mariners take game one of another series, and that's something they've been doing a lot of recently. They beat the A's last night at a really good ball game. We'll dive into it in just a moment. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast at Mariners Pod on Twitter. If you follow at Mariners Pod, you know the moment that Major League Baseball puts up the podcast. Usually sometime in the middle of the night, sometime early in the morning. But if you follow at Mariners Pod, you know precisely when the moment it goes up. So the Mariners now a chance tomorrow to win their sixth series in a row. And part of it has been they've been really good in game ones of series. This is now five of their past six series. They've taken game one, a four to three victory last night over the Oakland A's that featured a ton of defense. A whole lot of pitching, some uh, uh, good offense, some pressure put on by the running game. I mean, it was really an all-around game for the Mariners as they now move to 14 and 11 on the season. They dropped the A's to below 500 now, 13 and 14 on the season. The Mariners now nine and four away from Safeco Field. They continue to play so well on the road and that was a solid win last night so we're gonna break it down with the highlights in just a moment and get some good post-game reaction josh Carnes is going to be here with his weekly feature this one's awesome nelson cruz and it's great and the work he does off the field i think you'll really enjoy this one quick visit from mike curto will give us an update on what's going on with the rainiers a couple of players in particular that will continue to check in on James Paxton and Mike Zanino both playing very, very well. Also, one of my favorite guys to talk baseball with, Alex Rivera is going to be here. He's the Spanish play-by-play guy for the Seattle Mariners. We're going to visit. Uh, we visited with him a couple times last year. I think we'll do it more often this year. I really like talking baseball with him, and that's going to come up in a few minutes as well. So it's a jam-packed podcast, and I'm going to tell you this. You really should – wait around for the end too you should stick around for the whole thing because yesterday was the day that mike cameron swatted four home runs in a game against the chicago white Sox. so you're going to hear all four home runs against the white Sox, and then his post-game interview with dave niehaus and ron fairley which is outstanding so that comes up at the very end of the podcast but let's get to the action last night 
Chris Davis swatted a home run in the second inning against Carnes, who was on the hill. Nathan Carnes gave up the long ball. But after that, he really settled in, and he had a very fine ball game on the mound for the Mariners. Carnes fires home. Strike three called. He gets Coco Crisp. Thought he was jackknifed. And a breaking ball on the lower inside corner. Crisp caught looking. And with that, Carnes retires his side in order for the fourth time in six innings. He ends up going six, gives up six hits, three runs, one walk, five strikeouts, two home runs, both to Chris Davis. All three RBIs coming to Chris Davis. I mean, Carnes really had it on cruise control, and he looked very, very good. Got chased in the seventh inning by that two-run home run and then a double. And, you know, Chris Davis, he packs a wallop. I was not excited from the Mariners' perspective about the A's bringing Chris Davis over from the Brewers because he's a guy that really packs a wallop. He was absolutely blazing hot to end last year, a little slow out of the gates this year, but he's a guy that he can cause problems with the long ball. His first two at home this year, five home runs now in the season, and he can really get on a roll, someone you have to be careful with in the Oakland A's lineup. So he swats a couple of home runs, but the Mariners had the lead uh, going into the sixth inning, partially thanks to Robinson Cano, who smacked a huge double on this one. Robbie Cano will lead it off, swinging, fly ball, deep center field. Back of the ball is Burns. This one is on the track and off the wall in a short hop. Cano coasting into second base with a leadoff double. The throw in by Burns cut off by the second baseman, Coglin. Robbie Cano jumping on that first pitch. Sizzled it way back into straightaway center field. No chance for Billy Burns. And with that double, history for Robinson Cano becomes just the fifth second baseman in baseball history with 2,000 hits, 450 doubles. That was number 450 right there. 200 home runs and 1,000 RBIs. He joins Roberto Alomar, Craig Biggio, Jeff Kent, and Rogers Hornsby. That is quite a list. Alomar Biggio Hornsby in the Hall of Fame. So that is a very good group to belong to. So congratulations to Robinson Cano. And it also helped the Mariners' cause because they ended up getting a run in the fourth inning, their first run across, as Lynn knocks in Cano. So the Mariners get their first run there. And then Kyle Seeger in the sixth inning comes up with a big hit for the Amps. Here comes the pitch. Swinging a hard hit, line drive, right field. It's a fair ball into the corner. This easily scores Cano, giving the Mariners the lead as Seager pedals into second base. A spikes first slide. He claps his hands. He's given the Mariners a 2-1 lead with two outs at the top of the sixth. And then Iannetta would follow with a base hit to drive in Seager. So three runs on the board right there. And then the M's would tack on one more in the seventh. It ended up being a huge run. And the M's showing off the speed, putting the pressure on the Oakland A's, who have struggled at times defensively this year. Aoki was stealing third base. The throw gets by the third baseman shooting down the line in left field. Aoki picks himself up, strolls home. The Mariners tack on what ended up being a huge run because Davis would smash a home run to center field, and he smashed it to center field. So a one-run ball game, but the bullpen was nails. <laughs> They have been lights out, and Ciszek in particular was just filthy in the ninth inning, and he set down the A's. Had to pitch around. It was a strikeout that got behind Ionetta. 
So runner ended up on first base and then a walk. So the A's really putting some pressure on, but Ciszek closed it down. The one-two pitch, swing and a miss, strike three and a fastball, and this ball game is over. The Mariners hang on and win it tonight. A final score of four to three over the Oakland A's, and they take game one of the three-game series here at the Coliseum. Three more scoreless, hitless innings for the bullpen. One walk, five punch-outs. Ciszek, his seventh save. Carnes improves to 3-1 and one on the season. He was really good in this one. This one was great all the way around. 4-3, to three, the M's get the win. And a big part of this was the defense. And I saved three of these beauties for the end. Cattell Marte was nothing short of sensational on this one in the field. The stretch and the 3-2 pitch. Winging a ground ball to the hole at short. Backhanded by Marte. Jump throw to Cano at second. And it's in time to get the force on Stephen Vogt. Holy smokes, young shortstop Cattell Marte way to his right into the hole. Backhand of that ball in the air, fired a strike over to Robbie for the second out of the inning. And defensively, Marte has been all over the place. Another defensive dandy turned in by Cattell. The pitch, swing and a line drive, caught it short by Marte. Long reach to his left. They are going to double up, vote at first base, a throw over to Lynn for the double play. Vote took off towards second. He thought that ball was going to be in the right center field, but the shift was on. Cattell Marte quickly to his left, makes the catch, stabs that line drive, and turns it into a 6-3 double play. The pitch from Vincent swinging a ground ball, right side, tough play. Marte ranging, ranging over second base side of first, throws over to first base, and it's taken in time by Lynn. Marte just ran a quarter mile, was able to scoop, gather, and throw to first base, inning over, and the tying run stranded at second base. Great night at shortstop for Marte. He was excellent. Here's Robinson Cano to talk about his big night and also his double play mate. I'm down here with Robinson Cano, a big game from Robinson and the offense. Of course, we just saw some great pitching at the end. How different are you guys right now than the last time you guys faced the A's? Well, it's a big difference. I mean, we lost, we lost the series at home, and uh, I think they swept them at home. And, uh, you know, it's a different game now. Now we're here. So we just got to keep playing our game. I mean, there's no change. There's nothing different if we face the A's, Texas, or wherever we face, we're going to keep playing our game. What's it like to be in that last ninth inning when you see a guy out there working as hard as he is? He gets his three strikeouts, but not the easiest way, game on the line. Well, I learned, hard, I learned one thing, that uh, nothing's going to be easy on this game. And, I mean, this guy in the past was a great, one of the best closers in the game. I mean, I trust him, and I know what he got. I me. Mean, he knows how to pitch, and, you know, I've been watching him. I mean, and he got in trouble. That wasn't his fault. I mean, he struck out, bug, and then the ball went by the catcher. So, I mean, it's a situation that um, that's when you have to throw your closer. We see you go out to the hill quite often in those situations. What do you tell him when you go out there? No, it's a situation where you're just going to just give it confidence to your pitcher. I mean, you know, sometimes you miss a lot of pictures and you just go over and say whatever just to, you know, give a little bit of breathe over there. Great to see the hits today, Robbie. And we saw them the second time through. Did you guys see something that first time through? Well, I mean, honestly, we don't see, the, we don't see anything. I think we just take advantage with the pitch over the play. And also in the first about myself and... Uh, we, we chased a couple of bad pitches, and we should have let him pitch. should have been a score earlier. Yeah, but you still were able to swing early later in the game, which was good to see. Well, yeah, because I swing my pitch. So I swing the ball over the strike zone, not chasing anything. What can you say about Cattell Marte? He was making all sorts of outs over at shortstop today. He was everywhere, catching everything. Well, I mean, he, I've been telling you guys since last year. He's a special kid. He got a good, great talent. 
And uh, he's a guy that um, just give it time to turn, time to play it, and he will be better than that. He will be really good. Lastly, first win of a series, first win of a road trip. You guys have got a good thing going right now. Well, we just got to keep playing. You know, forget about what happened today and come with the same mind tomorrow. Be able to, uh, from the first inning, play the game. Good one today, and great to see the three hits. Thank you, Robbie. Thank you. Robinson Cano, yeah, a lot of great things to say after this one. Here's the skipper, Scott Service. I thought he threw the ball very well. Um, obviously, they made some adjustments there in the seventh inning off them. They, they, they strung some hits together. Uh, Davis kind of had his number tonight, made a couple curveballs. But, uh, you know, Nate, Nate gave us a great outing. Uh, you know, our offense got some hits tonight. We put some rallies together, uh, which, which was nice to see. And, again, you know, our bullpen really stepped up, uh, key to the game. You know, uh, stepping in there when it was, you know, the game got a little tight and they got some huge outs. Was it just a matter of the adjustments coming too quickly for him there in the seventh? With the uh, you know, I, I just think, you know, obviously Davis the one that did the damage, you know, the two run homer, and, and it, it was the same pitch pretty much. He hit the left field, uh, it was a breaking ball that was up. Uh, you got to give him credit, you know, he hit it. And then, uh, you know, he was cruising along pretty good before that, but, uh, you know, it's time to go to the bullpen, and, and the guys really stepped up. Hey, Scott, your bullpen coming into the season was viewed as a question mark. For 25 games in, this is not unusual. This, they've been doing this. Yeah, really, from the get-go. They've been very comfortable. Um, you know, like we talked, I think Nick Vincent has been a nice pickup for us. There's no doubt. Uh, bridged a gap there. Peralta stepping up, you know, filling a gap in the eighth inning with uh, Benoit down. And, and Cichek really from you know from the get-go. He's throwing the ball very well, very aggressive. Um, has a game plan when he goes out there, how he's going to attack the left-handed hitters. Um, and I think that's been a difference for him this year than maybe what he had done last year. Oh, outstanding. Really good defense. Played a number of key plays in the game. You know, the, the, the backhand jump, the fourth play at second, a couple balls up the middle. Uh, good at bat late in the game, you know, trying to get something going there in the ninth inning. So uh, I thought the thing for, for Marte tonight was he's being able to slow the game down. His internal clock is getting a lot better, knowing who's running, knowing the situation. Um, and that's, that's what being a, an everyday big league shortstop's about. There it is. Y'all have to love about this one. Marte, the bullpen, the offense, and a chance to take six series in a row coming up tonight. So here's what the schedule looks like for the next couple of days. There's going to be no podcast tomorrow, early game, day baseball. Uh, Mariners will take on the A's tonight, 7.05 first pitch from Oakland. Asashi Iwakuma will take the ball for the M's, and he'll go against Sonny Gray, so they'll square off tonight. That should be a good one. And then on Wednesday, again, no podcast on Wednesday with an early game. Mariners and A's 12-35 first pitch. The King, Felix Hernandez, on the mound. 2-2 two two with a 1-3-8 ERA. So Mariners a chance to take another series, trying to make it six in a row. Very, very impressive stuff. What has oh, one play-by-play announcer seen? from the Mariners so far this season. Let's hook up with Alex Rivera. He's the Spanish play-by-play broadcaster for the Seattle Mariners. Here's our conversation. What have you seen from this Mariners team this month? Well, what I've seen this month basically is a team that started um, really well on the road. Um, and a lot of folks were saying, well, they can't win at home. Well, yes, they can. Um, I think what we've the main thing that we've seen is um, the team has gelled. 
we knew we had the talent. We've got the speed and the athleticism. We've got three guys that could bat leadoff, two guys that are experienced leadoff hitters, and one that's going to be the leadoff hitter of the future in Ketel Marte. But what we're seeing now is a team that's gelling. And the fact that they're gelling is what's making it better, and, and we're seeing the improvement on the field. Uh, the pitching definitely has a lot to do with it as well. Our starters are finding, figuring it out. They're getting deeper into ball games. And C-Shack, after a disastrous beginning of his Mariner career, has stepped up and he's really filled that role as the closer for the team. All right, you hit the nail on the head, too, with three guys capable of batting leadoff. But you look around this lineup now, it's so different when you look at the speed and the athleticism. It's really a whole new element for this team this year. Absolutely. I mean, you've got Catal Marte, who's like, what, the fastest first base to home in, in, in the league this year and probably in, in, in many years to come. Um, absolutely, because it was one of our problems was getting guys from first to third. And you already see that Angels influence on our team from the past um, World Series championship Angels team where they were the best team in going from first to third. And we're getting really, really good in that area. And even though Aoki's only batting 200 and some change at this point in time, but he got on base three times last night. And that's what you want your leadoff guy to do. And when they get on the bases, they don't get stagnant. They move. It's been a real pleasure watching Martin in center field as well. And uh, nothing emphasized his importance in that catch the other night. What have you seen from Martin so far? Martin is in, in such an excellent opportunity for him and for us right now because he's coming off of a down season um, as far as batting average and just overall kind of had a bad last year with, with the Rangers. Um, but he's, he's a, a super athlete. The guy can hit the ball a long way. And he just has the range to cover out here in, in, in Safeco Field, playing center field. So not only does he bring just that pure athleticism and just the talent, but the passion for the game. And that's something that we've been missing. And he is a true center fielder that, to me, is still in the prime of his career, as opposed to what we've had here years past. The last true center fielder we've had here was Franklin Gutierrez. And, of course, Felix Hernandez just rolls out another sensational April, passes Randy Johnson as the strikeout king. He ties Jamie Moyer now with the most wins in franchise history. How much fun has it been for you calling Felix through the years? You know, it's it's been... It's been really awesome because I've seen the evolution of Felix when he first came here, younger man, still trying to figure things out, just in terms of off the field, on the field. He's just really developed into a very uh, a great player, a great person, really conscious of what's going on around him. Um, you know, the, the, the community, just the game itself. He respects the game. He respects those that came before him, but he's also a student and continues to be a student of his craft. Um, I was observing him at spring training, and as he was warming up for a game, uh, one of the last uh, Cactus League games, where he was throwing everything and it was all low. Everything was in the dirt. Um, and the reason why is because he's understanding now that he doesn't have that overpowering you know, fastball. He's got to rely on movement and some deception. So he's staying low in the zone, and as you saw not last night, the night before, that it paid dividends. He's got people swinging at pitches that are dying because they hang just long enough before the bottom drops out, and that's something I saw him working on in spring training. So he doesn't come out here and go, I'm Felix, I'm the king, I'm just going to throw the same stuff I've been throwing. He's constantly improving, and that's will, that's why he's had the longevity and, and why it's been sustainable because he continues to learn and develop, and he's also an example for someone like Taiwan Walker that you 
used to get comfortable with his fastball. Well, now you see Walker throwing a slider and a curve for a strike. And now Taiwan Walker striking out 11. And that's the kind of influence that Felix has. And that's what's been great for me, just watching a guy just develop in general as a person, as a ball player growing up. He was just a kid when he got here. And it's just great. And he, to me, he's still the same guy. He's the same guy. The, nothing has changed. Fame, the fortune, nothing has changed him. He's exactly the same guy that just loves being here and loves playing the game. And speaking of Felix, the biggest stars on this team, the big stars in, in the baseball world, Cano and Cruz and Felix, obviously. There's a big Latino influence on this team. What is your take on that? I think, you know, it's great. Obviously, I'm Latino as well, so there's big Latino influence here in our booth. But uh, I think it's great because, you know, they're passionate. We're, we're very passionate about everything we do. You know, we love hard, we live hard, we play hard, and when we have fun, we have fun hard. Everything we do is just 100%. And it's, and it's not just that. It's also the comfort level that it creates amongst teammates, you know, because you've got a guy like Marte who grew up in the Dominican Republic, idolized Robinson Cano. Now he's playing alongside him. Marte is trying to emulate Robinson Cano, but all the positive factors that Robinson Cano brings as a professional. So you look at Marte out there and you talk about the influence of the Latin players. He's got a guy next to him that he idolizes. He wants to be like, so he's acting like a veteran out there. I look at Marte and I forget that he's a rookie because just the way he carries himself. He, he makes the play. If he makes a mistake, he doesn't, you know, get overwhelmed by it. The moment isn't too big for him, and it's because he's got Robinson Cano as an example. And then there's just the respect factor for the elders, Nelson Cruz as being the elder statesman as far as the Latino players on the team. Um, it just... It's just something that's ingrained in Latino culture, many cultures, but especially Latino culture, and it just makes it so the environment is just great, it's positive, and it's fun. And now a great story here from Josh Kearns. His stuff is always so fantastic. Here he is talking about something Nelson Cruz is doing. Excellent stuff. Ever since he broke into the big leagues, Nelson Cruz has done whatever he can to help his impoverished hometown in the Dominican Republic along with his entire country. But when disaster hit close to home, he realized he needed to do even more. One of my friends, he's, uh, he's out just burned completely because we don't have um, a fire truck or in my hometown. So that's been training when I came to spring training. I asked the trainers how we can get a fire truck. I need to buy a fire truck. That was when Cruz was still with the Rangers. He didn't realize just how big of an undertaking he was getting into. And then we started looking online. It was so expensive. It was like 300 200000 $200,000. I was like, that's my paycheck. I can't afford that. So I started talking to the um, department community, you know, and they connect me with people in, in Texas also, and they help me out with that. Cruz worked with the Arlington Fire Department, and they managed to not only buy and outfit a truck, but two ambulances as well. And he even donated $20,000 of his own money for the project. It's definitely something that I'm proud of because uh, I'm walking the street and people talk me by, and I was like, oh, who's this guy? You know, they, yeah, I had to thank you because you and the ambulance that you brought, my dad or my mom, one of those ladies is alive uh, because we don't have that big... Uh, hospital in my community so that's transportation to people who need help you know and it's amazing what's amazing is Cruz didn't stop there 
After joining the Mariners, he made a trip home during the offseason last year and discovered another glaring need. The local firefighters didn't have essential equipment like jackets and helmets, so he reached out to the Seattle Fire Department to see if they could help. Chief Harold Scoggins was intrigued but wanted to hear more. What that um, led up to was a conversation between Nelson Cruz and myself about um, why he wanted to do this and what we could actually do. The why was important for me um, because he had helped his hometown fire department in the Dominican Republic in the past, so I saw that he had a passion for it. And it wasn't long before Scoggins and the Seattle Fire Department had come up with a U-Haul-sized truck of used gear that had outlived its useful life here, including boots, pants, jackets, and gloves. Well, it feels great, and we know that many fire departments around the world don't have the, the tools and equipment that they need to really be successful. And if we can make a donation of some of our tools and equipment, um, that's important. And that donation was not only enough for his hometown, but far beyond. I think we are like 200,000 people in the Providence of Montecristi, and we're going to uh, fill all the fire departments with, with those gears, and it's definitely something they appreciate. Now the real question is, when is Cruz going to trade in his boomstick for a firefighter's helmet? <laughs> um, I have a friend, he's a fire ship in, in Santo Domingo. He's a general. Um, he have a chance to come here, but um, we joke always around, like, when I going to be the fire? You know, I want to be one of them. And he's like, just show up and we take a picture, we get a few... Um uh, I guess tips, you know, you have to go through and then you can be one of us, you know. And Chief Scoggins has no doubt Cruz has what it takes to join the force. Oh, absolutely. He's, he's smart, he's calm, he's cool, collected. He's been in a lot of pressure situations in his profession now as a baseball player and he's a he's a big, strong individual, um, so I think he'd be more than successful as a firefighter. Well, I have a chance to do it. Probably next year I would do it, definitely. I'm Josh Kearns reporting for the Mariners Sunday Magazine. And Aaron Goldsmith, a chance to talk to the voice of the Tacoma Rainiers. Here's Mike Curdo. We are very pleased to be joined by the voice of the AAA affiliate for the Mariners at Tacoma Rainiers. Mike Curdo joining us. And, uh, Mike, are you are in uh, Las Vegas. I see. Are, are you at the Bellagio right now? Which, which table are you calling us from? <laughs> I'm at beautiful Cashman Field in Las Vegas. We have a day game today. I tell you, the noon start on Sunday is... Uh, you have to respect that. You can't let Las Vegas get you on a Saturday night. <laughs> uh, you're not kidding. Well, we really appreciate the time uh, you joining us here on the phone on Mariner Sunday Magazine. We're eager to uh, talk with you, Mike, about a number of of guys uh, that right now are with the Rainiers who have had some sizable contributions uh, for the Mariners, and many of whom we expect to see at some point this year. Uh, first, let's talk about the guy that we're all keeping our eyes on maybe more than anybody this year. Uh, who will be with the Rainiers, you have to imagine, all season long, and that is uh, Mike Zanino. Zanino, just judging by the numbers, uh, Mike, is off to a fantastic start, batting just south of 400 on the season. The strikeouts are down. He's hitting right-hander as well. We know that he had the, the home run streak of uh, five straight games with six home runs, uh, but it, even though the home runs, that's an unsustainable pace, safe to say, but it, what have you seen so far from Zanino? Because on paper, he's looked fantastic. Yeah, on paper, he's looked uh, fantastic, and on the field as well. Uh, you know, he's uh, a force in the middle of the lineup right now. And uh, the question that I think a lot of people are wondering, including uh, all of us, is uh, is this just uh, a Pacific Coast League thing? Is he crushing minor league pitching because he's been in the majors for the last two and a half years? Or is he legitimately improving? And there are things he's working on here. He's trying to use the whole field and hit the ball to right field more often and, uh, you know, stay up the middle instead of pulling everything. 
and he's had some success doing that, although his homers have uh, all been pulled, so uh, the power is, has been going to left field. Uh, mentally, he's having fun, which is uh, something that he keeps talking about. Uh, you know, instead of stressing out about it all the time and, you know, worrying about his struggles that he had at the majors, he's down here just having fun and, like, look, and looking forward to come to the park every day and uh, trying to be, uh, have a real positive attitude about it that, that's real. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he's having a good time uh, right now, hitting in the middle of the lineup and batting 400 and driving the ball with power. Uh, one thing that folks should know is that he did have some home runs that were high-elevation homers. We have a lot of ballparks in the PCL that are 4,000, 5,000 feet above sea level. And so some balls come out, uh, carry out of the stadium here that, that wouldn't be homers at Safeco Field or at most major league parks. And I'd say that probably three of his seven homers qualify as a kind of PCL high elevation home runs. But still, they're well-struck balls that would probably be doubles, uh, you know, at sea level. So uh, he, he's, his numbers are boosted a little bit by the environment, but he's also swinging it well, and he's making a lot of hard contact. That's good perspective as we're talking with Mike Curto, the voice of the Rainiers. And, you know, you bring up the high elevation and a lot of times a tough place to pitch in. So let's talk about James Paxton a little bit, Mike. His second start of the season, very rough. Seven runs, all earned seven hits over two and a third. But since then, back-to-back scoreless outings. Uh, the strikeout numbers uh, up, especially in his last start, eight punch-outs and five and a third against Sacramento. What have you seen so far from James Paxton? Uh, it's been tremendous the last two starts, night and day from the first two starts. And uh, he credits a uh, mechanical adjustment that he made after the second start. They knew something was wrong. They went back and looked at video. He and the pitching coach, Lance Painter, they looked at video of successful outings he had, both uh, in the majors with the Mariners and in AAA, because they now have a video library going back four or five years uh, uh, in the PCL. So uh, they've looked at they looked at his mechanics and realized that his release point that he was using in the first two starts was much higher than what he had been using when he'd had success in the past. He said he was trying to throw the ball from seven feet in the air uh, instead of bringing it down a little bit, and that just improved his command once he made the adjustment. And uh, his pitching coach Lance Painter said uh, he was impressed by how once they realized what the adjustment was, that Paxton immediately implemented it in games and. Uh, was uh, it was like an instant turnaround so uh, we're hoping that that continues today he starts today here in las vegas that's very good information to know we could talk with mike curter about uh things going on with tacoma all day long mike we are so grateful for your time many of our listeners follow you already at curto world on twitter and uh, a must follow for any mariners fan and mike uh, we appreciate you taking some time and we're happy to hear that at least at this rate you're going to get out of vegas with uh, basically all the money that you came to town with <laughs> I'm happy about that too. Thanks a lot. <laughs> and since that was recorded with uh, Aaron and Mike, Paxton has pitched again, and he was really good again in Las Vegas. Pitched six, gave up five hits, one earned run. It was on a solo home run, one walk, and seven strikeouts. So you look at his last three starts: six innings, no runs, three strikeouts. No walks. Five and a third innings. No earned runs. No walks. Eight strikeouts. Six innings. One run. One walk. Seven strikeouts. So he is really, really in a groove. And Paxton pitching well. Obviously, that's great to see for any Mariners fan. 
Now we're going to end things with a little bit of history. Mike Cameron, a giant day. It was a year ago yesterday. Mike Cameron goes deep four times in a game. So let's let's relive it right here. Here's the windup and the one-two to Cameron. Swung on, high fly ball. Deep straightaway center field. Lofton to the track, to the wall. Leaps up and it is gone. Goodbye baseball. Back to Beckers by Brett Boone. And now Mike Cameron, this one. Straightaway center field here at Comiskey Park in Chicago for Mike Cameron, number six on the year. It's the Mariners three, the White Sox nothing, and the Mariners have jumped out to a very quick start tonight. Mike Cameron in the locker room prior to the ball game was talking and yelling over at Dave Niehaus and said, hey, Niehaus, he said, uh, you haven't had a chance to do your home run call. He said, we need to fix that tonight. Now, this would be some kind of baseball history if Cameron went deep again back-to-back. It would be back-to-back home runs for two guys in the lineup twice in the same inning. If Cammy could do it, he had a home run to straightaway center field here in the first inning. Pitch on the way. Swing and a drive. Deep to center field. Holy smokes. He did it. He did it. Mike Cameron. A home run to center field for the second time. Boone and Cammy go back to back, back to back times. Deja vu all over again. Holy smoke, I don't believe it. It's the Mariners 10, the Chicago White Sox nothing. And that has got to be some kind of first in the first inning or enter inning in baseball history. Boone and Mike Cameron go back-to-back twice in the same inning. I've never seen that. Owen won the count on Mike Cameron. Here's the pitch. Swung on a high fly ball. Deep to left field. Going and going. Goodbye baseball. Mike Cameron's third home run of the ball game. He ties the Mariner club record for three home runs in one game. He had two in the first and now clubs a home run down the left field line here in the top of the third. How about that, folks? Mike Cameron, three home runs tonight. It's the Mariners 11, the White Sox nothing. He joins Jeff Burrows, Edgar Martinez, Jimmy Presley, Gorman Thomas Jr., Mickey Brantley, Alex Rodriguez. Mike Cameron, three home runs. Here's the windup and the 2-1 pitch. Swing and a high fly ball. Straight away center field. Lofton to the track, to the wall. Goodbye baseball, he did it. Four home runs for Mike Cameron. Ties the Major League record. It has been done 13 times in Major League history. Only the fourth time in the American League. Mike Cameron touches home for the fourth time with his fourth home run in tonight's game against the White Sox here in Chicago here on May the 2nd, 2002. A very historic blast for Mike Cameron, his fourth home run of the game. Gehrig, Siri, Calavito, and now Mike Cameron have done it in the American League. Cammy, you remember what you said to I me said, in the clubhouse? I told you that we hadn't had any flyaways in a long <laughs> way, and we got a few of them today.
<laughs> oh, my gosh, my heavens. What a night for you, young man. Congratulations. Uh, you know what? I, I, I was sitting there thinking today. I said, normally when I'm coming here, I'm always doing a post-game show, so it's about time for me to get one. <laughs> today was a pretty good job, pretty good time to get it. Unbelievable, man. I mean, you, uh, it, you, you, you take your rightful place in the history book, become only the fifth uh, man in history to get four home runs in a game in four consecutive at-bats. You got hit your fifth consecutive at-bat. <laughs> and uh, and then, of course, that last one, you you, you hit the tar out of it, but uh, yeah. it was run down out there by That was you. a good play by Leaf. I thought I at least had a base hit, you know. I did, too. You're only you're only two total bases away from uh, tying the major league record, Oh, too. my goodness. I mean, how about that? Just <laughs> a regular old scrub like myself. Coming They're dancing in the streets so of LaGrange tonight, Big Bad. <laughs> how, how, how big is that town? Uh, it's, it's starting to grow a little bit, you know. It's, it's big enough for everyone in my family. To enjoy the thing, man. It's a beautiful place. Oh, for crying out loud. I'll tell you, you you, you, you just put <laughs> so much happiness in everybody's heart to see your face and the way you play this game, to come into this town and the way you've been struggling a little bit to put on the show that you put on tonight. It was, uh, and, and, and by the way, who were you throwing kisses to out there after that uh, final I was throwing, I was throwing kisses to the guys that love me so much out there that would give me so much trouble. So I was just <laughs> I was sending them on their way on a nice night. <laughs> Mike, this is Ron. I know the first time up you were not trying to hit a home run. Yeah. You, you just want to get off to a good start. How about the third time up? The third time, I was just feeling it. You know, I was just seeing the ball so well. It just, I mean, it felt like I was taking BP today. But I told Gibby on the bench that I never even hit four in a row in the bit, uh, in uh, batting practice. So, <laughs> I mean, it just, I had that feel today. My bat was just, you know, coming through the zone pretty quickly. And, and I felt sharp. I felt real, real good at the plate and, and short, man. It was a. Unbelievable feeling, man. You crushed the home run number three. I mean, that ball went way back up in the seats. Oh, yeah. You know, that was one of them, those, those patterns you're trying to get it in on, and I got some extension, and it wasn't a good day to be trying to come in on me. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> what about the last time, uh, the, the the fourth home run? Were you trying to hit a home run? Uh, I just tried to put a good swing on it. You know, it was it was, it was was uh, in the middle of the plate, and <laughs> and I just tried to drive the ball, you know, back where it was coming from. You know, something I haven't been doing in a while, and I – I found it tonight. I don't know if I ever get it again, but I found it tonight. Let's go through the sequence once, and we'll let you go. I know everybody wants to talk to you. Count was one and two on you in the first inning when you hit your first home run, yeah. dead center field. Was that a fastball? Yeah, it was a fastball. I was coming back in on it, but I wanted to just, you know, try to stay through it, through the middle of the field, which I haven't been doing a whole lot of lately, and it worked out well for me. I got it up in that little wind over the tunnel, and I thought Kenny had a chance of catching it, but um, it carried out for me. And then the second time up in the inning, the count was two and two. Did you get another fastball? Yeah, I got some extension on that one. And, and then the third one appeared to be a breaking ball. Yeah, it was a little little, little slider or something to try to get it in on my hands. And, you know, I felt as quick as I felt the day after I fouled a one-off against him, I knew he didn't have too much of a chance then. And then the one in the fifth, Ron just talked about that. You get the <laughs> heck out of that. That was an unbelievable <laughs> feeling after I got number four, man. It was an unbelievable feeling. I love it. I'm going to enjoy it, and I'm going to continue to enjoy it till I get up tomorrow morning. Now, i got to ask you something. You got, had to count in that last at bat. You had to count 3-0 and on you. Yeah. And you took a 3-0 yeah. pitch. Why? Uh, I had to, man. I didn't know. You know, Lou told me I could have swung, but I didn't want to try to do anything to interrogate our team or try to make them uh, – you know, get any respectful. A class, that's a class move there. But I swung it to 3-1 to give myself opportunity. I didn't want to walk again. <laughs> Otherwise, they would have killed me on the bench over here. Well, congratulations on a fabulous, fabulous night. A, never, a night you'll never forget, even bigger than your night, uh, your afternoon at the place we're going tomorrow. Oh, so, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, so. It's a special place, the cathedral. You got it, babe. Thank you very much. All right, fellas. See you later! Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 